tonight, my sermon title's got weird tonight, and the sermon is, Who Am I? A lot of people would go, well, that's, you know, I mean, that's pretty obvious. Actually, it's not. It is not obvious. And, uh, and, and, and I will tell you, and I've been, I've been doing a lot on Wednesday nights trying to go over what we call basics, basics here, but not basics everywhere. And one of the things that we talked about was uh, how to receive healing. Uh, we just went over nuts and bolts, and you would be surprised at how many people do not know the basics of how to get your own, how to receive your own healing. Just simple, simple stuff. And um, then we talked about uh, spirit, soul, and body. But tonight we're going to talk about who am I, and we're going to talk about identity. And because America is suffering from an identity crisis, so my question is, what is my identity? And who gave it to me? What is my identity? Now, think about this for a minute. You can't go in a bank and they'll ask you, do you have any ID? So, a policeman pulled me over one day and she got any ID and I said, about what? <laughs> if you didn't get that, you're not from the South. You, you're just, that you just went... Explain it to me when you leave. Somebody explain to him. <laughs> Never mind. I have actually done that before, and I did not get a laugh out of him. He thought that. I, doubled, I just doubled your ticket, buddy. All right. All right. In America today, um, when you mention ID, and, and like I said, you can't get anywhere. You can't get it through an airport. You can't get You can't get anywhere without an ID, and we really need to start using it when we vote. Man, what a novel idea that would be, by God. That's crazy. I went politics on real quick, didn't I? All right. So whenever, whenever someone says, who are you, almost everyone will give what you do. I'm a teacher. I'm a pastor. Or I'm a mother. Very seldom does a guy say I'm a father. So, so we almost always get what you do. Because that is what the world says who you are. Who you are and what you do are synonymous with the world. All right, now there's another one. There's another who I am. I'm Italian. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm poor. I'm rich. God, I'm stupid. So we have all these all these ideas and your identity is why you are where you are. You will never go in life beyond the way you see yourself. Now that, that becomes huge because a lot of times you're praying about God doing this and God doing that, and he can't take you anywhere until he gets your identity changed, and you know it. All right, that's where we're going. We're doing pretty good. Matthew 16, starting with verse 13. We've got a lot of scriptures tonight, and you know that coming to this church, don't you? When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and one of the things that was really neat, I don't remember whether Betty May remembers Caesarea Philippi. Um, 
how long was it to get, how was it eight hours, Justin, to walk to Caesarea from Galilee? I mean, he walked all, he walked all day to ask a question. Two days. Two days to ask a question. Now, that blew me away because he went to the garden of the gods or the gates of hell to ask a question, who do men say I am? And, and, and it's quite impactful. But anyway, it says he came to the region of Caesarea Philippi and asked his disciples, who do men say I, the son of man, am? Now, why would he ask that? Now, you know, in Isaiah, it says that he had no former comeliness that we would desire him. There was nothing in the natural for you to look at Jesus and have any idea who he was except miracles. And there was other people, the sorcerers doing miracles. Other people did miracles. That was not the ones he did, not like he did. You know, very often whenever he'd get out of a boat and start walking around, the disciples would go, who are you? And people everywhere going, who, who do you think you are? Because, and that became the big question. So Jesus is asking his disciples, who do men say I am? In other words, there's a lot of talk, and he wanted to know what people were saying about him. And that's a massive question. Today, you still got to answer the question, who's he? And I'm going to show you that you'll not know who you are till you know who he is. So let me, let me prove that to you. Who do men say I, the son of man, am? And he called himself the son of man because he was born of a woman. Some say you're John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist got his head cut off and la, la, la. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said, well, who do you guys say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, son of the living God. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar-Jonah means son of Jonah. Simon, Simon. His name is Simon. His identity is son of Jonah. That's who he is. That's, that's who, that's what they've been calling him up until now. He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for my father, he says, flesh and blood did not show you this. My father in heaven showed you this. And I'll say to you, you are Peter. And the moment that he found out who Jesus was, Jesus changed his identity. Now, I'm going to make a statement way ahead of time because we're going there. You will never know who you are until you know who he is. And, and once you find out who he is, he will tell you who you are. And he is the only one that can tell you who you are. And if you haven't heard from him who you are, you don't know who you are. And that's why there is so much confusion. I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I'm a dentist. I'm a school teacher. A lot of people. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, even Christians identify with what they do. Let's go. I will build my church. He said, oh, um, you are Peter. The word Peter means pebble. And on this rock, he wasn't calling Peter the Pope. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth, bound in heaven. Whatever you loosen on earth, loose in heaven. So he's now having a conversation with Peter based on this. Now let's go to John 9. John 9. We're going to go through a bunch of scripture tonight. But, 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 but. I've got to make my point and make my point and make my point again. John 9. 
your life will stay the same until you get an identity change. That's a huge statement. That's huge. And we're going to harp on that. Because, see, you are looking for something out here to change. And something in here must change. Then out here changes. All right. Thank you. John 9, 1. Jesus passed by, saw a man blind from his birth, and the disciples said, Who sinned, this man or his parents, born blind? He says, Neither this man nor his parents, but the works of God would be revealed in him. I don't have time to get into all that. I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Night's coming, no one can work. And as long as I'm in the world, I am, I am, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Notice Jesus is not calling himself Jesus. He's calling himself by what God calls him. I am light. I am bread. I am life. I am the door. And Jesus has no identity problem on who he is or why he's here. All right, so he says, while I'm here, I'm the light of the world. And he said these things. He spit on the ground, made clay of the spittle, anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is called Scent. And he went and washed and came back, and he could see. Now, let's stop right here and make a statement. Let me, let me read verse 8 there. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen the man was blind is not this who sat and begged. What do they call him? Beggar. But he met Jesus. His, he just got an identity change. He's no longer beggar. Now, the Pharisees are having a problem with this. But this man is not. Because everyone Jesus met finds out who they are. When you met him, you find out who you are. And I'm going to tell you this, religious people don't like it. I'm going to stop right here and tell you a story. I'm sitting around a restaurant with a bunch of preachers. And I said, I am the word made flesh. They all got mad at me. Now, to you, you're looking at me going, what for? If you look at people outside of this church and go, I am righteous, they will not invite you back Thanksgiving. Religious people want to keep you where you are. God wants to take you where you've never been. Meeting him changes everything. All right, let's move. Let's move. Okay. Therefore, a neighbor said, is not this who begged? And some said, yeah, it's he. And others said, well, he's like him. I think he's his twin brother. He looks like him, but he ain't begging no more. And he said, he said, I'm he. And they said, how were your eyes open? And he said, well, a man named Jesus took clay, knowing into my eyes, stuck it in the hole, and went to the pool, saddle and wash. And I went and I washed, and I received my sight. Now, why in the world would anybody be bothered by that? But they seemed to be real bothered by this. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I have no idea. I didn't see him when I left. That's a joke. <laughs> okay, y'all are fun. Okay. They, they brought him who was formerly blind to the Pharisees, and now they want to interrogate him. What in the world for? 
he can see. Boy, this is good. This is good. I'm, I'm trying to go down this road because once your life starts changing, you're going to have relatives who are going to try to hold you in what they say you are instead of what God says you are. And you're going to have to deal with the identity change. You're going to have to accept the identity change, and you're going to have to understand not everybody's going to be happy with your new identity. Okay, okay. They brought him to the... And it was a Sabbath when Jesus made clay and opened the eyes. And the Pharisees said, how did you receive your sight? And he said, he put clay on my eyes and I washed. I said, I see. And therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. That's their opinion. It's still their opinion. We have a world today that has an opinion about Jesus. And it's only an opinion. And they have an opinion about you. But it's only an opinion. But this man is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath and he doesn't do it the way we do it. And he doesn't, no, this is outside of our church where we meet religious people. You're going to find out that they, well, let's just, they have a religious country club. And nothing ever changes. And they like their religious country club and they don't want you to change anything about their country club. Okay, how can a man who's a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. That happens today. And the blind man said, what do you say about, what do you have to say about because he opened your eyes? And he said, ah, he's a prophet. And they went, well, I'm t- never mind. Who are you to tell us what he is? You didn't even go to Bible school. And the, Jew, the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them and said, is this your son who was born blind? And how does he see? And the parents said, well, this is our son. And we don't really know what happened because it said they were afraid they'd put him out of the country club. I mean, the, I mean the, the synagogue. Why is that in your Bible? Because they are getting their identity from the synagogue. Now listen to me, when we went to Israel, I found out something about Jews. They don't want to be born again, they don't want to meet Jesus, they're afraid they have to give up being a Jew. Now, in one sense they don't, but yes, you do. Because you're going to have to go from Jew to Christian. If you're not willing to make an identity change, you're not going anywhere. So why do we have people today that don't, they hear the gospel and they don't change. They don't want their identity to change. Because, let let, let me just slow down here. Let me just stop right here. When you get married, Lisa used to be a legate. She had to stop being a legate to become a Morgan. And you can't be a a a legate and a Morgan at the same time because if she marries me, she's going to take my name. And she's going to have to leave her parents and come to me. And that is the issue today. Whenever someone gets married, do I want to change my identity? It goes from Lisa to Mrs. Morgan. You go from Justin to Christian. 
We're going to get into that in a minute. Come on, I'm doing real good. Verse 21. But by what means he now sees, we don't know. Who opened his eyes? We don't know. He's of age. Why don't you ask him? And his parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed that they would stick them out of the church and not let them back into church ever again if they said Jesus is Lord. Oh, my God. Amen. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age. You ask him. And they called again the man who was blind and said to him, Give the glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. Really? You know that? No, you don't know that. And he answered, said, well, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But I do know this. I used to be blind, and now I see. And folks, that's huge. I used to be sick, and now I'm well. And I used to be broke, and now I'm rich. And I used to be stupid, and now I'm smart. And I don't know. And someone told me one time, says, that tongue's of the devil. And I said, well, if it's of the devil, the devil sure has been helping me. <laughs> I've been helped ever since. And, and when I got born again, and I was going to a church in Athens, Georgia, and the pastor warned me about going to Ramah. And I said, well, I've already been messed with. He said, they're extreme. I said, they are that. Extremely blessed, extremely free, extremely healed, extremely rich. And I have already become extreme myself, so I'll be living. See, in order for you to go on with God, you got to leave some stuff behind. And some people. Oh, I didn't say that. All right. Verse, verse 26, and they said again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he said, I already told you that, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciple? And they reviled him. You're his disciples, and we are Moses' disciple. We know God spoke to Moses, and as for this fellow, we don't know where he's from. And the man answered and said, why, that is a marvelous thing that you don't know where this guy came from who opened my eyes. Now, we know that God doesn't hear sinners, and anyone who's worshiper of God does his will. He hears him. Since the world began and has been unheard of anyone opening the eyes of one born blind, if this man were not a God, he could do nothing. Boy, this guy's preaching a good message. And they answered and said, you were completely born in sin, and you're teaching us? Now, it sounds a whole lot like your Thanksgiving dinner when you went home, didn't it? I mean, it's a little bit like you're not going down there to that church, are you? Well, uh, yeah, well, I actually am. There's a conflict between who the world says you are and who God says you are. This man had an identity change, and they didn't like it. Because he no longer was dancing with them. Let's go to another one. Jesus, they called him a sinner. They called him a beggar. And Jesus called him new, different, redeemed, saved, and productive. God has a new name for you. Let's look at another one, Luke 18. I got a few of these because I always like to have more than one proof since I preach like a lawyer trying to get you out of jail. <laughs> Luke 18, 18, 18. 
a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Well, that sounds like a good question. He wants to go to heaven. Wants to know that when he dies, he has eternal life. Oh, that's, I mean, everybody ought to be asking this. And, and people do ask it. And Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one's good but God. In other words, do you know who I am? You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't, bear, don't murder. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. He said, all these I've kept from the youth. And when Jesus heard these things, he said, you still lack one thing. Now, now, now we're going to talk about the rich young ruler here. And all of us prosperity people need to hold your hats down. Even though we believe in prosperity, we don't believe in coveting. What is coveting? Coveting is when you put money first. You can't serve God and mammon. And see, prosperity people hide in, I mean, coveting people hide in prosperity churches. They can't hide anywhere else because they'll be found out. They can camo real good. What is the difference? Well, Mark Hankins, when he got born again, he was broke. And he obeyed God and he serves God 100%. And God blessed him and made him rich. And Mark uses money for the kingdom. But people seek money. And if they ever get any, they might serve God a little tiny bit. That's not, the, that's not prosperity. All right. So Jesus is going to ask him, going to say this to him. You lack one thing, sell what you have and distribute to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Now listen, is he trying to make him broke? Now in a minute, we're going to read that he was not. But again, what we're going to read is that Jesus has this issue with the word first. And he thinks it comes before the word second. Now, I have the same problem. I want to be first in Lisa's life, not second. I didn't marry her to share her. There ain't no second. If he comes around, we'll put him outside in a box. Or we'll mess him up so nobody knows who he was. Now, you say, God wouldn't do that. Oh, you better believe he would. Because when he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, he actually really, really meant that. You see, go back to marriage again. There will never be a marriage as long as the girl wants to stay with her mama. Or the boy wants to stay with his mommy. They ain't no second. They ain't no second. And so Jesus knows that he's trusting money. And he's not worried about it. See, if, you're, if, if Donald Trump, if, if, if a girl married Donald Trump's son, he, he don't need her Taco Bell money. And you think, you think a million dollars is a lot of money, but Donald Trump don't. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something. Do you all want to know about Rich? You want to know about Rich? Why did he say in the book of Revelation... You say you're rich. Matter of fact, go over there. I want you to put it on screen. I want you to put it on screen. Take this. Go to, go to, uh, Luke. No. No. Where is it? Revelation. I think it's, no. 
Revelation 3, 17. Look at Revelation 3, 17. Put it on the screen. You said, I'm rich. I am wealthy. I have need of nothing. And this is what God thinks of you and your money. You don't even know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That's God's definition of you without Jesus. You see, rich is knowing the Lord. Now, in that relationship, he will take you to prosperity. But you were rich before you ever had 10 cents. And you could have a million dollars, and to God, you're just a poor, blind, dumb person. I'm not talking politics again, but I'm getting close. I'll come over here, and I like the way Zach responds to that. Why is it that politicians can't get born again? Because they got to start being honest. I'm doing good. You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. And when he heard it, he was very sorrowful because he was very rich. Say he was rich. That's his identity. And that's the identity he chose. He'd rather have that identity than the identity, I'm an apostle. I'm a disciple. I am a child of God. He didn't want a new identity he wanted his old identity. And we're dealing with that in America today. Justin and I have been talking about how he'll sometimes talk to people who have money and say, come to church, and they go, eh. Because they already know it's going to cost them everything to be a Christian. Now, they don't have to go broke to be a Christian, but they have to be willing to go broke to be a Christian. I'm doing real good. And so rich people have a hard time time with Jesus. That's why. I'm rich. Well, I don't call myself. That's not my identity. And we'll talk about that in a moment. We haven't got there yet. I'm starting to feel a little like Norval Hayes. Blessed be God. Okay, never mind. And I haven't watched him in a long, long time, Justin. As long as I got his money. He got, Norval Hayes has seven businesses. And when he got born again, his wife left him. And he said, glory to God. <laughs> he said, Jesus came in my car and he killed me. And he did. All right. Verse 24. And when Jesus saw that he became sorrowful, he said, how hard it is those who have riches to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He's not talking about a sewing needle. He's talking about a hole in the wall in Jerusalem. See, there's a hole in the wall in Jerusalem, and when a wayfaring person came up to the gate at night after the sun went down, they don't want the enemies coming into Jerusalem and attacking them and bringing the armies because all the guys guarding the gate, they go home and go to bed. So at night, you come up on a camel. You don't want to be camping outside where the crooks are. You want to come in. So you have to unload the camel and drag the camel on his knees through the eye of the needle, load the camel back up. You got to go back out and get your stuff and drag it through the eye of the needle and then load your camel back up. In other words, if you want to come to God, leave everything you've ever done on the other side of that wall and come to me with nothing in your hand. I don't want to see anything you got. 
I don't want your money. I don't want your, I don't want any, just you, you come to me. And that's what Jesus is talking about. That's the reason why he said rich people have a hard time. It is harder to preach the gospel in America than any other place in the world because everybody else knows they don't know nothing. We don't know. We don't know nothing. We just think we know something. (laughs) Now look at this. Verse 26. And those who heard it went, oh my God, who can be saved? Now they're Jews. They're all Jews. He said, these things are impossible with men, but possible with God. And Peter said, we left all and followed you. Now, they, now Peter's not broke, but he did leave all, didn't he? And he said, surely I say to you, there is no one left house, parents, brothers, for the sake of the gospel, who not received many more in present time and in the coming eternal life. See, he said in one place, a hundredfold. Now, listen to me. God don't want you broke. He don't want you to stay broke. You can't do nothing broke. But he doesn't want you to put in the money first. So, so. The, the issue with money is not money. The issue is identity. How do you see yourself? Oh, I'm a businessman. That's good. Are you a Christian businessman? Put the word Christian in front of that word. Because that determines whether you're a crooked businessman, a lying businessman, or a sorry, good for nothing businessman. See, I'm a politician. But are you a Christian politician? Because does that mean you're going to Washington and lying, cheating, steal, or you're going to actually go up there and be honorable? Okay, that's why we're doing this tonight, because y'all look at me like a dog at a new bowl. All right, Mark 3. Let's go back to Mark, chapter 3. <laughs> Mark three thirty-one. His brothers and his mothers came and stood outside and called him. And a multitude was sitting around and they said, your mama. I, I said that right. Your mommy, she did this when he was 12. And it worked. But you see, he was Mary's son. Now he's God's son. And mommy is goes, now listen, we're going to read in a minute that he got kicked out of the synagogue. That didn't go over well with the family. And now the people in Nazareth are going to Mary's house and saying, you know that son of yours is running around telling everybody that he's a prophet of God. And the family is getting bothered by it and they're going, they've come to talk to Jesus about what he's doing. If you haven't had this conversation with your family yet, you just got right with God last week. Because once you start living for God, your family will be the first one that will call you in the room and have questions for you about what you're doing. See, when I smoked dope, nobody cared. When I robbed and stole and cheated and drag raced, but the minute I got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues, started tithing, my family came. They were concerned I had gotten into error. especially when I told them I'm leaving and going to Raymond. They said, you could starve to death. I said I was starving to death, and you never came and gave me anything. Now that I'm obeying God, you're worried about me starving. I don't think you care whether I'm starving to death. I think that my life is bothering you. 
Because as long as you're on fire for God, they're either going to have to get on fire for God or they're going to have to denounce you. I don't know what happened to him, but he has gone off the deep end. I, I was talking to a denominational man one day who was trying to get me saved. I'd only been saved like a month or two, and I still had long hair and a beard and blue jeans, and he came up and he was talking to me about the Lord. And I, and I started playing with him. I've always had this thing about me. I just see how much you can, see how, get, how well you can get me saved. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, I smoked dope. And he went, God will forgive you. I said, well, I've drank. He said, God will forgive you. I said, I've had playboys. He said, God will forgive you. I said, I speak in tongues. And he said, never mind. <laughs> I don't think God can do anything with that. If y'all, if y'all, when you start witnessing, that's the most fun you can have with your clothes on. I ain't calling it back. I'm just going to leave it right there. I was <laughs> Tonight is something else, I tell you. I'm going to blame that one on the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to. Listen, Adam and Eve had fun. Yep, they did. That, that video last night helped me out a little bit. Just... Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. And he said, well, who is my mom and my brothers? And he looked around in a circle and sat and he said, my mother and brother, those who hear the word of God and do it. You go tell my mom I'm following God. You know, sometimes you have to tell people who you are. Because they've already got your identity pegged. But they don't have the one God gave you pegged. See, Jesus has already got an identity change. Now let me prove it to you. Luke 4. Just go to the right. This is good, isn't it? We haven't even got to the good stuff yet. I'm just building my case. Luke 4, 16. And Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And this is his home church. <laughs> He came up through Sunday school flannel graphs and everything in there, man. He learned all about Elijah and everybody. And as his custom was, he went in the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And they handed him the book of Isaiah. Where do you think he found out who he was? Reading the word. See, y'all thought that God walked in his room one night and said, Thou art my son. He went, Oh, cool, man. Big angel in here. No. He found out who he was reading the word. How do you find out who you are? Same way. Same way. So it says, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, closed the book, handed it back and said, this is me. 
And they went, what did he say? Today, the scripture's fulfilled. And all bore witness and marveled at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, isn't this Joseph's? Ain't that Daryl? Aren't you the one that burnt Nancy at the stake? Now, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, come on. You know good and well you know what we're talking about. You burned her at the stake. No, I've never burned anybody's stake. Matter of fact, I've never even sinned. Oh, don't go down there with me. We would, we, we've known you all your life. By God, you a redneck like we are. No, I'm not. Makes for interesting Thanksgiving. You will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself, whatever we have done in Capernaum, do it here in your country. And he said, surely I say to you, no prophet. What? How dare you? What did he call himself? Prophet. Now, listen, when you start saying about you what God says about you, you are going to appear strange. We're going to get a little deeper in that in a minute. No prophets accepted his own country. What I'm going to tell you, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, and heaven was shut up six months in a great famine in the land. And there wasn't any of them Elijah sent to, but Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who's a widow. Now, he's talking about Gentiles. And there's a lot of lepers in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet. None of them was cleansed except Naaman. So all those in the synagogue heard these things were filled with wrath and rose up, took him to the top of the hill, and were going to chunk him over it. Yes, he has sold no tapes. And he will not be coming back for a second service. Why is that? Because they don't, they have an identity on him and he has an identity. He opened up the Bible and told them who he was. Now, let me jump ahead of myself. When I got born again, do you remember the big fat Greek wedding? Some of y'all do. Melanie's back there going, I remember that movie. Like Princess Bride, but a, but a little different. You remember in the movie, when the boy wanted to marry the girl and the dad lost it because she's going to have to give up her Greek identity. And the dad is losing it because she's marrying someone outside the family. This is, you may not think that's a big deal. It goes on all the time. You're destroying the family name. What name would that be, Dad? Your Greek big deal. What a poor identity. Are you German, Welch? No. Are you African American? No. Well, who are you? Son of God. Oh, God, don't know, no. I want to know where you were born. Which time? 
What do you mean, which? Well, I was born twice. September 21st, November 16th, 1975. I was born twice. First time I was born in, I was born in North Carolina as Daryl Morgan. Second time I was born uh, a brother of Jesus. <laughs> you see, I have accepted my new identity. It is what's changed me. It's what makes me look, walk, and talk, and act the way I do. You will never step into your destiny until you accept the identity he gave you. Pop another one on the screen, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Pop it on the screen. You ready for this? Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to their flesh. I'm Puerto Rican. I didn't ask you what your body was. And you're not a body. You're leaving your body here. God don't care anything about your body. I know that sounds, oh, I'm Italian. No, you're not. That's the house you live in. You live in an Italian house. Now, let me say something to you right here before we finish reading this. Do you know we still have, the Catholics still have Jesus on the cross? And he ain't on the cross. I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. He ain't walking the shores of Galilee either. His identity has changed since Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we knew Christ according to the flesh, now we know him thus no longer. You ready for a new identity? Book of Revelation, king of what? Lord of what? Who's the Lord? Is he Lord of? You know, I, I double dog dare you to say I am Lord. Don't say that in the Baptist church. That will throw you out. I told Lisa one day, I said, I'm Lord. She said, little L, buddy, little L. <laughs> Woo. Everybody that I meet who's born again that doesn't know who they are, struggles. Jesus never struggled. Never struggled with sickness. Never struggled with disease. Never struggled getting his prayers answered because he knew who he was. And we're struggling because we've never accepted who he said we are. And when you do, you're going to have problems with your family. Go to Acts 13. I hadn't even got to the good stuff yet. How much time I got? Oh, shoot. I got I to gotta tighten up. Acts 13. You ready? One. It was at the church of Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manius, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Who's Saul? Saul is old Paul. Saul is a Pharisee. Paul is an apostle. Well, wait a minute. When did he get a new name? It's a good thought. It's a good thought because we don't really stop and think about 
We call him Paul, 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 but he was Saul. He was Saul. Lying, murdering, killing Paul, Saul. Saul the Pharisee. And later he said, I've harmed no man. Was he lying? No. Someone said, yeah, you did. He goes, oh, that was Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them to. Having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, sent them out. Being sent by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in, in, in Salamis, I think, they preached the word of God to the synagogue Jews and had John as their associate, uh, assistant. And when they had gone through the islands of Pamplos, they found a certain sorcerer, a uh, false prophet, a Jew by the name of Bargesus, who was with a proconsul, Sergius Paulius, who was an intelligent man, thus called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. And Elimus, the sorcerer, so his name was translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul from the truth. And then Saul called Paul. Wait a minute. Oh, what happened here? We get a new name right midstream. He actually got it up here. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I called them to. Now, it says, now if you read it, Saul, who is also called Paul. Who started calling him Paul? The same Holy Ghost that started calling son of Barjona, Peter. The same one that started calling me reverend and prophet. What's he call you? One day, when I first took this church, and, and I, I say this, and, and I say this with grace because the people here didn't know, and I didn't know, none of us knew what we were doing. And, and I'm not saying this to throw anybody under the bus, so be cool. But when I first started pastoring, they gave me a lot of trouble. <laughs> And um, I had an identity crisis because I'm, you know, I'm just preaching and, and they're just like, hey, Daryl, you know, the last preacher was a crook and you're a crook. And so they nicknamed me Crook. They had all kind of names for me and I didn't like a bit of it. Made me mad. I, and I shouldn't have got mad, but I didn't have Mark Hagen's love book yet. I love God and I love people, but I had a hard time with their uh, image of who they think I am. And one day I pulled out of the shopping center and I'm driving through the parking lot and I'm complaining. I said, God, and, you know, and, I, and, and I am siding with them now. I ain't no good. I don't know nothing. I'm stupid. I, they've got me convinced and I walked out and the Holy Ghost said, I said, you are a man of God. I went, what are you smoking? Because you don't sound anything like them. And when he said it to me, he birthed something inside of me. Before that, I didn't have any sense. And something went, man of God. Amen. And I went, I am. And the, that moment, 
I had an identity change of who I am. I'm not who you say I am. I'm who he says I am. What about Gideon? Hiding, coward. And God said, hey, mighty man of valor. And he goes, who are you talking to? You. Me? Mighty man of valor. Gideon changed based on what God said. Paul became the greatest apostle that ever walked God's earth when God's called him Paul. God called him a man of God. Who did God say you are? Why are you getting your identity from your family and your job and your school? Do you want your life to change? Change your name. Woo! Galatians 2.20. I'm just going to pop it on the screen. Listen to Paul. Listen to him talk. I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives. Christ is living in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. flesh. Flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you know what it's like to be sitting in a restaurant with a bunch of preachers and they say, you know, Jesus died on the cross. And I say, I know, I was there. And they go, what? I said, well, I was there. Yeah, I went to hell with him. Uh-huh. What's wrong with you? You have never, you, you didn't go to hell with Jesus? I said, I most certainly did. I said, they nailed me to the cross. They didn't nail you to the cross. I said, they most certainly did nail me to the cross. And I went to hell and I rose from the dead. Uh, what, what, what's wrong with you? I said, Jesus and I are one. Oh, God. I'm talking preachers. I'm talking sinners. I'm talking preachers. When are we going to go? I was crucified with Christ. Look at the devil and go, I've already been to hell. You can't send me to hell. I've already been there. And I left. You're not going to find out who you are till you go, that is talking about me. You need to stand up in church on a Sunday morning and say, I'm going to read a scripture about me. Once you get this, once you start going, that is my new identity. Jesus and I are one person. Do you know, we say this in our church, and it's really strange. I'm filled with his spirit. Your spirit is his spirit. Oh, he ain't in you. He is you. Right. Come on. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. Well, you need to start. You are crucified with Christ. It's not you who's living. Well, who is living? Well, I can't lay my hands on the sick. I can't. Why not? Well, I'm the body of Christ. You don't believe that as far as I can throw you. (laughs) 
I'm going to show you a miracle. I can perform them. That's impossible unless God is in you. You're a walking, talking miracle. You're not becoming, you are. See, I want you to say something and I want you to get the guts. I am healed. That's not your, and we're not talking about your body. That's who you are. Hey, devil, you ain't gonna get, you're never gonna get healed. I am. Well, you think you're ever gonna have any money? I am blessed. Oh, yeah. Well, how much money you got? According to riches and glory. I am blessed. Who said you're blessed? God said you're blessed. We have never learned how to say what God says about us. And until you do, you'll never go where he told you you can go. Because you're walking around down here, you're an eagle looking like a turkey. Here's an eagle in the yard going, and you walk up and go, what are you doing? You're raised with chickens and turkeys. Your family's a bunch of turkeys. It's obvious you're an eagle. I need you to come with me. The only thing Disney's ever done right, I mean, it's the only thing I've ever seen them do right. The Bambi thing was a mess because I've already taken care of Bambi. But the movie, The Lion King, when that lion looked over in that pool and he saw his father and he went, I am no pig, and I am no monkey. I am looking at the king of kings and the king of the beast. And he went, and, all, and the pig went, kuna matata, and he went, kuna matata, my backside, I'm going home. How am I doing? You might want to look in the mirror one day. Ain't no Kuna Matata here, baby. Go to the book of Ephesians. I'm going to show you where to live. I'm going to show you where you need to start living. Woo! Are y'all ready to start living? Are you ready to See, listen to what I said a while ago. You're never going to go where you need to go until you know who you are. God's got to do a work inside. He's already done it. But there's only one mirror that'll show you. You're going to have to look in the mirror. You know, that's in what? 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. I like that. I missed you Sunday. I did, I did. I was looking for you. I was gunning for you. And I got to tell him, I told you. 
I got to tell you all a story now that we're on the Bulldogs for a moment. I've actually had times when I was standing there looking at the television and God would tell me the score at the end. He told me the last time and I had it mixed up and thought it was George. <laughs> I said, God, you had me going there for a minute. I thought, found out that it was Alabama. I went, well, that was my fault. Anyway, are y'all ready? Ephesians. Look at this. And people ask me all the time, how do you read the Bible? Very well. It's, it's not a matter of trying to see how many chapters you can plug into your soul. Because you need to look at it and you need to stare at it. Blessed be the God and the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Say, that's me. Say, every spiritual blessing. That's good. That is good. We call that meditating on the Word of God. Mark Hankins calls it confessing the Word. And, and it's not confessing it to become. Confessing it because you are. Verse 4, and just as he chose me in him before the foundation of the world, imagine choosing me then that I would be holy Oh, God, nobody's ever called me holy but God. And without blame, oh, are you serious? You don't see yourself with no blame. But he's, he's reading, he's writing about you. That's you. I'm doing so good right now, I got to just think about this. He chose me in him before the foundation of the world. I would be holy without. He predestined. In other words, I'm not predetermined to be something everybody else is not. God sent some to heaven, some to hell. He predestined everyone to adoption as sons by Jesus to himself according to his good pleasure of his will. To the praise of his glory, which he made Daryl Morgan accepted in the beloved. I have been accepted. In him I have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of my sins. I mean, you can't read that and be sad. The devil and your relatives won't tell you this. All right, let's read chapter 2. By grace I was delivered through faith, not of myself, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest I boast. I'm his workmanship. Come on, say it. I, I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Say, he don't make no junk. That's a powerful statement about you. Well, why is it I don't act that way? Because you've never accepted that. Remember we started off before Mary Fran talking about I am the healed, and I went through that you're not trying to get something you're, you already are, and, and, and you understand, and, and faith is receiving what was already done. You understand, we went through that, took an hour, and y'all actually said, oh, that's a good sermon. Remember that? We're still on that sermon. We're just, we're going down the foundation of what we call faith. Not in what you're becoming, but what you are. You see, you see, the Bible says, work out your salvation. Well, how are you going to work out 
being good if you think you're a dog. Stupid. Say, uh-uh. Good. When are you going to learn to resist that stuff? You're saying it to you. You're saying it to yourself. I'm not. I have the mind of Christ. I have the wisdom of God. I'm his workmanship. And, 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 and you might be the only one in your whole family who believes it. There's been times I'm the only person in this whole church that likes me. I hey, are rough. I'm not. I'm love. I'm not going by your standard. You don't know God. And Mary Francis. Ephesians 2, 10. No, I already did that. Romans 5, 7. Pop it on the screen. Look at 5, 7. Look at 5, 7. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more those, say me, who receive abundance of grace. How much grace do you have? Abundance. Listen, it is better to be a child of God than to be a son of Trump. Now, see a lot, man, I wish I was rich. Well, you are. Jesus never ran around going, I sure hope we can pay the bills this week. Never, never, never did you see him worrying about anything. If we don't have no food, we'll just make some. I'm doing this because in the days ahead when things get tough, you will not fall apart. You'll get in here and go, glory be to God. I was born for this time. The world needs me now. See, some of y'all go, I don't witness because I don't know what to say. Hush. For Pete's sake, be quiet. Why are you saying that the Holy Ghost don't live in you? Does he live in you? Well, then he will, you can't talk to somebody that he doesn't help you out. Amen. Let me ask you what, how many of y'all have ever been sharing and all of a sudden you started saying stuff and you didn't even know what you were talking about yourself? And you're like, that was pretty good. Uh, man, I got to write that down. I mean, like, whoa, dude, that was like heavy. Where'd that come from? When does God bless you? He don't bless you till you turn it lo- the money loose in your hand. He don't bless your time until you turn it loose. You're going to walk by faith. You know 2 Corinthians 5, 17, but I love it. Pop it on the screen. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone, say me, I'm in Jesus. I'm a brand new Species. That's heavy. That is absolutely deep. God created a new race exactly like Jesus. And you're it. 
You're not the woman with the issue of blood. Go sell Rodney. Like the woman with the issue of blood. He's singing to sinners. But he ain't singing to you. When I'm reading Jesus, I'm watching how he does it so I know how to do it. I'm not blind trying to get mud in my eyeball. I want to know how he made a goober. All right. I see me casting out devils. I see me. I, I've prayed for two people that were dead that came back. You want more? You're going to have to see it. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is visionary so you can see how your brother did it. That's how my brother did it. I like the way he did that. Lisa and I were out on a boat one time and the motor conked out. He said, Reverend, what you doing? I said, well, if you don't get it cranked, I'm walking home. <laughs> I said, I'm serious. God's going to get me home. This is the funnest way on the planet to live. But you got to know who you are. Jesus was very different than everybody. And they kept asking him a question. Who are you? I had a man, a businessman in Apopka one day to set me down. And we were having a steak at, um, what's that steakhouse? Um, the back room. And he said to me, and I'm not bragging, but, but if you're going to believe this, you're going to be different than everybody else. You're just going to start acting and walking. You're going to be different. He said, you're not like anybody I ever met. Why? I said, well, I'm full of God. His father-in-law's a pastor. And he said, I've never heard anybody say that. I said, that's sad. I said, are you born again? He said, yes. I said, you're full of God. He goes, I wouldn't say that. I said, why not? That's what God said. When I first started reading this in my Bible, Colossians, my soul kicked it out. Did you know that? I would read, I'm complete. <coughs> you heretic, shut up. You know, good and well, you ain't complete. The one, you're perfect. <laughs> I ain't saying that. My relatives know the better than that. It says I'm free from sin. The devil comes along and says, oh, you're in sin. I'm incapable. I don't sin. Well, you got to sin a little bit every day. Jesus didn't. I don't. Well, you don't know what to do. I have the mind of Christ. This kind of thinking changes everything. I got a little book here called Identification. It's little, it's huge. And I'm going to read the first of it. And then, is this, are y'all getting this? Isn't this good? I, you need to hear this. 
You need to hear it, even though you say, well, I've heard this before. I wrote in the book, listen in the front of it. Don't read this book. Eat it. Look at it, study it, think about it, rejoice over it, allow it to change your thinking in your life. That's what I wrote in the first of this book. I died with Christ. I was buried with Christ. I suffered with him. I was made alive with him. And I'm seated with him. I was crucified with Christ. As he is, so am I in the world. Until God gets your thinking straight, he can't do a lot with you. Sure, he can give you healing by the gifts of the Spirit, but that, that don't last long. That's a short fix, what he wants to do. So let me close with this one statement. Justin and I were talking about a young man that he knows who's 25 and very, very wealthy. Do you know why he's wealthy? Because his father is wealthy. You go, well, wait a minute. I, I don't understand that. He grew up in it. He grew up in money. So making a lot of money was something everybody in their house did. It was like, it was just normal. You see, if you grow up in an environment of poverty, you have to break it. And you're not going to until you change, until you start changing who you run with and how you think. So, so this young man, he just thinks different than we do. That's all. And he calls himself rich. I call myself son of God and rich. But, you gotta, but you're going to have to make a decision that you're going to think different. And, and it's not easy to change your thinking. Your, chain, your thinking is, is Brother Hagin says, like concrete, thoroughly mixed and well set. And sometimes you've got to break that thinking. Do you know why I didn't buy a bigger truck? I know Bob wants to know this. The price of gas. And one day I went, I don't think Jesus ever worried about the price of gas for his donkey. And I said, that's a dumb reason not to buy a bigger truck. Now, I had to change my thinking to go, God can take care of the gas. Whatever we're dealing with right now, it's really a matter of how you view it. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you. Get yourself an identity change. You're not making it happen. It's already happened. And when you look into the Word of God, you go from glory to glory to glory. And it comes because you're looking in here. You say, I need to change. Get a Bible. Is this good? Yes, sir. It is good. And, and, and um, if you see yourself sick, you'll stay there. Yeah. And it's not easy. The doctor goes, well, you're not doing good. You go, I think I better get my Bible out because God called me healed. And you're going to have to change the way you think. All right, listen to this one. This is huge. See, sometimes when I read my Bible, I don't read chapter and chapter and chapter and chapter and chapter. I just open up and read like three or four and just read it over and over and over all day. 
But we all with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being changed into the same image even by the glory of God. Now he said if you believe in me you have glory. That means in the spirit realm you're glowing like a neon light and every devil in hell can see you and they know who you are. Everywhere you put your hand you leave a residue of the glory. When you come into a town, every demon goes, oh, my God, Willis is here. Does this make, do y'all, y'all, I want y'all to look at me and go, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Thank you. This is why Jesus spent three years with his disciples and he'd get upset and go, guys, I think we went over this. Because he really expected them to cast out devils, raise the dead, multiply fish and loaves and walk on water. He really did. And he didn't expect it to stop. Amen. When I got born again, I lay in my bed at night in a little concrete block house with no carpet, no air condition, no heat. And I had visions standing on a platform in Africa and preaching to thousands of people. God was impregnating me. I saw myself traveling around the world. I saw, I, I saw myself out of debt. I didn't have any money. But I started seeing it. I'd read that and go, glory to God. And I still didn't have no money. And I still lived in Athens in a little house with no carpet. And I moved from there to a mobile home. That was an upgrade with a window unit. I didn't have air conditioning. The other one, I got air conditioning. I'm moving on up. And I remember the day that I moved out of there to an apartment. Upstairs, carpet, heater. And I remember going down to buy my first new car, Honda Civic. Oh, I called it my tennis shoe. But I'm moving. And I remember when I got out to Tulsa, one day I walked in an Oldsmobile dealership and there was a Cutlass Supreme sitting there and I went, oh. I'm walking around it going, son of God ought to drive a Cutlass Supreme. $18,000. God, where's that going to get? No, my God meets all of my needs. And I'd sit in it. Yeah. Mr. Morgan, you want to buy it today? Not today. I had dinner with a man that I led the Lord and got him filled with the Holy Ghost, and he happened to be a car salesman. And I was told, he said, I'll teach you how to buy that car. And he said, you go in there and say, I'll give you 500 over cost. And he said, I'll teach you how to finance it. And I'll show you how to keep it. And he sat down and I walked in that Oldsmobile little ship and I said, I'll buy it. I don't have any money. But I have a Bible. And I drove out in a cutlass. And I drove it to Orlando. And then one day I went to the Toyota dealership and I said, four-wheel drive. And then my thought went, two-wheel. I went, whatever I desire. 
son of God ought to have a full will. And I remember I lived in an apartment and Lisa and I started looking at houses. I never owned a house. Mobile home, apartment, apartment, apartment. Walked around the house and went, Jesus had a house. That's the one they ripped the roof off. That's his house. You go back and read it. It's in, it's in the Bible. I said, we should have a house. And we bought it. And then she sold it. <laughs> I wasn't home. We went out and bought the land in Effie Drive. And we got a piece of paper and I drew a house on a piece of notebook paper. And I said, this is our house. We're going to build one. Are y'all listening to me? You, glory to glory to glory. Don't be mad at yourself. You just, if you, can, if you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. But this book changes the way you think. And you're not going anywhere until your thinking changes. Now, I don't think anything about. I remember when I got born again, I made $3,000. That's no kind of like tithe. That's chump change. Somebody changed. God's always seen me that way. But I haven't seen me that way. I'm doing so good. I'm just excited. You have a destiny on you. And you'll never hit it if you have a wrong identity of who you are. And you're going to have to get it from God. What does he say? And who does he say you are? Peter became a man of God when Jesus said, you're Peter. Not a fisherman. Peter would. Yes, sir. Rich young ruler could have. Couldn't change his mind. Couldn't see it. Are you done? I'm, I went 15 minutes over. Y'all don't mind? You ready to pray? Say, Heavenly Father, help me to see me the way you see me. Mark Hankins sees himself differently than I see me. Trump sees himself different than I see me. Help me see me the way you see me. In Jesus' name. I don't have an old identity. I am who you say I am. I am blessed. I am healed. I am anointed. I am prosperous. Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. 
And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.